Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So probably one of the most shocking stories that is currently captivating the world is this starvation cult that is happening in Kenya. It's one that we haven't seen quite like this in a really long time. And today within this episode, we are going to focus on a couple things. Number one, understanding the cult, providing some feedback and background in it. Number two, why is this cult in Kenya? What is going on in Kenya? And number three, why are cults so prominent within a background of Christianity? So within this episode, let's get into it. So Peter McKenzie, Peter McKenzie, who's considered to be an evangelist, has a very interesting story to rise. He is currently the quote-unquote, quote, cult leader that is being prosecuted for creating this starvation cult. Um, one where they are finding more and more actual bodies on the land that is, re- that is related in a little um, village, if you will. Now, the body count is currently up to 73 and some reporters indicated that 112 people have been missing as a result of that. Um, what's really interesting is you could categorize this as a death cult, but I'm going to go ahead and play a sermon from the preacher. It's in the Kenyan language, so it'll be hard to understand, but you can hear kind of this charismatic tone whenever he's preaching. <laughs> Mungu ni shetani. Sikiza. Unajua. That is the preacher actually at a rally on YouTube that was posted about 3 years ago. Now, this McKinsey is no stranger to law enforcement. In 2018, he was actually aware that he's been doing kind of this stuff before and he had a church shut down and he was thrown in jail and he was preaching that in itself education is evil. And education is evil, and also that, um, you know, kind of this whole doctrine about revelations and the end day and Kenya in itself was implementing, you know, a 666 mark of the beast. Now, the reason why they kind of found more about this starvation cult is there was 15 individuals that that were found to have escaped, um, and they took them to the hospital, and on the way to the hospital, four of them died. Now, what Paul McKenzie is actually being charged for is, is the death of these of these individuals. And he was indicating that within this religion, what was happening is that you would meet Jesus through starvation. So what happened is you would become a member of the church. The church would indoctrinate you in this small village where you'd been living for the last 30 years. And as a result of the final phases, you would starve yourself in order to eventually go and meet Jesus is kind of what the, the framework of it was. The village was called Mengingo village and it was in the Shakon Valley and he's been living there for the last three decades and he kind of started this movement in 2015 where originally he was working as a taxi drab taxi cab driver and I guess I felt the call whenever we look at kind of the breakdown he was born in 1970 um his he actually has a wife named Joyce McCombie he was a part of the Kiyu tribe which is considered to be one of the largest tribes in Kenya, and it's really interesting, and I'll get a little bit more into that, but this tribe in itself 
is believed to worship an ancient god. The majority of Kenya now is probably can, can transitioning more to a Christian-based religion, but that's kind of the genesis of it. And he was a part of the church called the Good News International Church. And in that itself, it just sounds kind of crazy. But whenever you look at the framework of this church, um, I think it's really building a lot of interesting aspects of what's going on within Kenya currently. Since 2019, there was an article kind of talking about the un underworld of Kenyan churches or Kenyan cults. And, and there's a lot of cults right now, or there's a lot of, of information coming out as related to the fact that there's an underworld of cultism within Kenya. And if I look at kind of probably the framework I'm doing an overlay, I mean, there's an article talking about how buzzword, the, you know, cult is a buzzword right now in Kenya. And if we're looking at the overlay, what I can probably say is there's a lot of different contributing factors as to why somebody would want to be a part of a starving cult. I know to the average person, you say, why would you want to be a part of that? Well, whenever we look at extreme behavior, there's always a point in which it starts. Um, and I used to study this in grad school. Whenever I was a part of a program for international terrorisms um, or international terrorists, we'd look at a multitude of different type of terrorists from you know, kind of like the leftist terrorists to Islamic terrorists to right terrorists to all these different type of groups. And, and actually cults were a part of that because cults in a way kind of share some type of connection socially to terrorism. If we can think about it, groupthink as a concept, whenever you become a part of groupthink, it's almost like this tribalistic thing takes off and subconsciously you're now part of a group. You share the same ideology and you're willing to kill yourself from it. But Whenever we look at this Kenyan cult, we would describe it as a death cult. So there's a lot of different principles for cultism. Um, you know, when we think about death cult, we think about have Heaven's Gate, Haley Comment. We think about people actually dying for their beliefs, and this is one of them. Starvation was the key. Now, I think the reason why some of these things kind of start happening is in Kenya, if we look at the base, if we just look at the framework of how someone is brought up, there's a lot of tribalism within Kenya. Like tribalism in itself is going to be a good framework for probably establishing a base for a group of people. Now, if we have an overlay of Christianity, you know, the thing about Christianity is I don't have, I'm not knocking Christianity within this podcast. I'm saying that Christianity does create also a framework for cultism, if you will. You go to church, there's one individual, you don't question the church, you submit to it, the church always knows what's best. Now, if the church is being extreme, it's taking it to a point to where it's then able to manipulate people in order to do things like slowly starve themselves in order to meet Jesus. Now, if there's doctrine set in place, if there's an example set in place, and there's a mentality set in place, people are going to follow suit. And what we find in, in this weird kind of way of sociology is if you have been exposed to certain things, like you're naturally going to be more willing to partake in it and i think probably one of the most interesting examples of this is coming from an example of um a mass shooter his name was major hassan now i don't know if you remember major hassan but he was a really he he, he ended up partaking in the fort hood shooting november 5th in 2009 that unfortunately left 13 people killed and 32 injured um but what was really kind of crazy about all of this is Major Hassan was studying the, the, the impact of terrorism 
okay, within the Islamic community. And I, I actually was doing, I wrote a paper about him back in grad school. And one of the most interesting things that he kind of said, and I don't know how true it is, but he was saying, if you are exposed to Islam, you're more likely to become a radical Islamic terrorist. And I don't necessarily, and I think about that. And I think about the ideology of like being radicalized and joining a death cult, in my opinion, share the same kind of connectivity from a psychology standpoint. You're kind of creating somebody, you're tailoring them to do something, and you're wanting to manipulate them based on using the impact of religion. Now, in this case, it was Christianity, and he was using the concepts of revelation. You know, you know, revelation in itself, in my opinion, can be used as a way to manipulate and use fear to scare people. So why still we go back to understanding that now looking at it, you know, cultism is such a big deal in Kenya that even the president came out and said that the cult leader, President or Paul McKenzie, is the equivalent of a terrorist leader. So what's so interesting is I kind of see the correlation and the president of Kenya is coming out and giving a speech and talking about it and how he will be tried as a terrorist. And He's trying to set the tone because what we're really understanding now about Kenya is there's a lot of these cult leaders that are actually operating freely and they're not being tried. There's nothing really being said about it because in a lot of ways the constitution within Kenya talks about the freedom to believe religion and the freedom to do what you want as a religious group. But there hasn't ever been anything written in or a law kind of mandated as a result of cultism. Now, when we look at this cult, because death is a part of it, right? Because there's potentially 73 souls that have been that have been dug up. But another reason is what's happening to the children of this cult. You know, there, there's a lot of stories coming out that, you know, there was kids actually being starved and potentially suffocated. One woman who was a part of child services said she's literally went to about 18 different gravesites of the member of these cults. And you think about that, and it's just, it's mind-boggling. But the human mind is a strange thing. And whenever you kind of put the right ingredients in there, people do really, really strange stuff. And I think whenever they buy into a tribal mentality, whenever they buy into the concept of the afterlife, whenever they buy into the concept of sacrificing, it's like, you can convince someone to do something that they may not normally do if they're in a whole different environment. And I think we're really seeing it within this this concept, within this this landscape. And I think the tragic fortune is there could be more, more um, people to be dug up. But the story also coming out of it is, is if you look at Kenya, you know, the, but besides of what I just laid out, the fact that there's an underworld of cultism there is something that's really, really fascinating. You know, for me, whenever I look at cults, I'm always intrigued by the psychology of it. For example, you know, when we look at these different concepts, when we look at something like the Church of Scientology and how it can, it can encapsulate so many people, how there's different structures there, how you can go clear, how you can paid to get other levels of enlightenment so much so that you for example within Scientology we look at Elizabeth Moss she is a Scientologist and she says she kind of has this from what I've saw this example where her parents were Scientologists and she was kind of read in now she is in Handmaid Tale which is a show about the concept of cults 
and she is paying to go clear and, and reach the different levels of Scientology. When we look at L. Ron Hubbard, him creating this religion that has taken off, and when you go to L.A., it's everywhere. There's buildings of Scientology there, you know. There's buildings of Scientology in D.C. It's like people buy into these concepts, and they believe it to be true, and they believe it to be these principles, and it takes on their identity so much so that they're willing to pay in order to be a part of it. It's almost like once you're in a group, right, we go back to this tribalistic mentality. Once you're in a group and you're sacrificing and you gain clout within a group, you're gaining kind of respect within a group of people. No matter what the group of people are, there is something that naturally takes over from your subconscious. And it's and it's me saying this so much so that people don't even realize when they're in danger or they do and they don't care. There's a different wave level happening. You know, so much so that could you imagine starving yourself? I mean, I don't, to me, out of all the cults, starving yourself would be really, really miserable. You know, that's like a long death. That's like, it takes you a month to two months to do that. You know, and if you're not drinking water, I mean, I would be not a fan of that. I can honestly say, I, you know, I think about Jamestown, I'd be like, give me the Kool-Aid. Because I'd rather have the Kool-Aid than sit here and thinking about starving to death, watching people eat. And you look at this Paul McKenzie preacher and he was taking the money it's like you know what's really crazy is he's considered to be a millionaire from what i'm reading online in kenya okay and he probably was a millionaire because he, you know if, if people are potentially dying and there he's taking money he's probably doing a lot of nefarious activities and now he's going to be in prison but man you know i really cannot express enough how much like there is just a and you see the people within this cult, and it is sad. I mean, they look like they're literally starving. You know, you see their skeletons, and it's just, I think, you know, if you're a cult leader, if you can get people to starve themselves, as, as crazy as it sounds, and you can manipulate them even more, you can physically have power over them to get them to do what you want. And I just, I, I, I think that, you know, whenever we look at these types of situations, you know, the context of what's happening in a society, within a culture, within everything throughout the lifespan is what creates the environment for this. The perfect storm of upbringing. You know, you could have an abusive home. You could be potentially, you know, maybe your parents believed in a radical form of Christianity. You know, maybe there was a lot of tribalism talk within your family. So one day you stumble into a group, you go to a church. Paul McKenzie is the preacher there. He feels like potentially he could be related to you. You relate to his ideology and his doctrine, and then he kind of reveals to you that you have the potential power to meet Jesus, and here are the steps that you need to do. I think it probably happens more than what we think, but I really wanted to bring this story to you because to me it's very, very strange, and this is pretty much everything you need to know within 15 minutes. So thank you so much, and we'll get back to you tomorrow.